Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at No Clutch Nate. And I'm Johnny. You can find me at Johnny P on Twitter. Go everywhere from there. And I also host Austin Powers Minute. Why? What do you? What do you mean? Go everywhere from there. Listen, Did Twitter have like uh, this is Instagram. My, this my is Instagram is, is linked in my Twitter, and because I can't, I don't have the capacity to have the same name like you guys do because some random old guy has it on Instagram. Okay, so yeah. then, all right, I remember that being a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So today on Dawn of Justice Minute, we're talking about Minute One Hundred and Thirteen. It's going to start with Lois Lane confronting Lex Luthor. And then the minute's going to end with Lex Luthor telling Lois Lane that the shortest distance between any two points is a stri- So, let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what? I honestly Did you have thought like- you were going to... Like finish that? Yeah, me too. I I guess I forgot it cuts off at that part. Yeah, uh, I'm sure the listeners are going to be thinking, "Damn, I thought something happened with the audio." Yeah, mm. that's but what I didn't. thought. I thought something happened with your body. Oh yeah, <laughs> I thought you were, the I robot like, malfunctioned within me. It's all it just right. Stopped. Anyway, <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it's a straight path. Uh, but we'll get into some cool stuff tomorrow about that one. But yeah, this is uh, who's confronting who? Who's uh, this is you know. Lois Lane has been uh, kind of like... The Hot on the tail. Yeah, of him. But at the same time, he's got her now. And um, one of the biggest things I wanted to point out was just this um, this motion of dominance that he does with her where she... And it's almost like a it's almost like a, a suspenseful moment, like a horrifying, terrifying moment. She's like, she doesn't want to be touched by him at all yeah and he like he's like oh no 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 and he like throws the well, arm the lines before that is enough to get her like feeling a little inferior because clearly she's read the book yeah take it away so plain low in the morning they actually cut this out of the the quote that he's saying um standing four feet ten in one sock she was lola in slacks that's from lolita mm-hmm. it's the stepfather describing the main character in Lolita. So he's art like he's already seeing her in like a submissive point of view mm-hmm. by saying that entire line of like, I'm treating you how he treats Lolita. Like it is submissive. You are now part of this. Mm-hmm. You have, yeah, you have no way out of this right now. Yeah. Which is cool because she was like putting the pieces together and like, you know, her next step was contact authorities. I got proof on Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And yet he was like, you know what? I won't let you get that far. I'm just going to tell you everything right now. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> I mean, you were right, lady, but yeah. there's nothing you can do about it now. Sorry. I mean, it's cool. It's like you don't, if you wait, if you wait to tell the press, then the story controls you. Is that a little quote? I think it's from The Office. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's something like that anyway. That's awesome. No, yeah, it, it's terrifying. I didn't know where that quote came from, so I'm glad you guys pointed it out. Um, it's it's just terrifying. Just And, like, 
her like lowest lane, like the lowest lane that we've been following for including the 143 minutes of Man of Steel, like almost three hours of Lois Lane, uh, Amy Adams' Lois Lane, this tough fighter, flak jacket wearing journalist mm-hmm. with the like more balls than any man in this movie. Um, and then here comes this dude who's just like, no, 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 and like just grabs you and, and is just it's defeating you with, with words, defeating you like physically. It's just so eerie and, and, and uncomfortable and he's uncomfortable like his like whole like aura about him is uncomfortable oh yeah yeah completely the the aura is is the uh, oh my god he's supposed to be creepy and yeah he's creepy and like eccentric mm -hmm. and psychotic and it's just you don't want to be alone in a room let alone alone atop a helipad very very high up in the ground with no railing like with that man it's not okay. Yeah. And then like the first thing he says while he has her is like, now the secret to the height is like, is the building material. And it's like going into about how like the lights metal, it just sways. Yeah. So like it stabilizes and it's like, Ugh, like, I don't, <laughs> I'm already this high up in the air. Please don't talk to me like that. And yeah, uh, it's just uncomfortable. I guess it gives you a sense of being unstable. Cause then I guess you might That's be consciously thinking if the building is like swaying and I guess you may, maybe you start to feel that. If you're trying to think about it, but it's really not happening. So it's maybe that's evolution. him personified. Like if I'm going to be this po- like this much in power, like I need to be as unstable and like, like a metaphor. Like that's my character. Like as a character to be as high up as that tower, you cannot be stern like, Listen, like Superman or something like that. You have to be kind of unstable. Yeah, but the building still stands. Because it's unstable. In a weird way. All buildings are like that when they're tall enough. They have like those inner pendulums inside of them that keep them swaying internally, right? Yeah. Doesn't the Chinese tower have like one of those? What? The (laughs) Shanghai tower? One of them has like a a giant pendulum. And like when you walk through the buildings, you actually see it because you're like, oh, that's what's keeping this building Mm -hmm. up there, which is incredible. Um, I think it just played the, the whole... Um, Lolita quote is that sets the tone for everything yeah it's spot on it plays into his genius I think because mm-hmm. it's like what other person is thinking that and there you go thinking that in this situation like what other person would ever think to quote Lolita already knowing that you're in like a a dominant position or you're trying to be in a dominant position I don't know that's just it's a very smart thing to do mm-hmm. no it is it reminds me of uh uh, that character from Psychopaths. There was uh, the first character, the first villain well, the of first the first season. Psychopath that he, literally like, he was so smart and he has read so much, um, so much literature that he was quoting every, almost everything he was doing. He was quoting a famous. He found book. a justification in it through literature. Yeah. Yeah. But every character he met, or he was doing the Lex Luthor thing, where everything he said pulled from literature of some sort because it fit the, the moment and it reminded me of that. So when he says Lois Lane, he's like, Lois Lane, oh, Lolita, like plain low, like all that, low lens slacks. Like, so that just was stuff that like in his brain, he's just spitting it out there. Yeah. You know, it's like when we are talking and like we start saying things that are like deep cuts to this, this and that. And it's because in our brain, we've referenced something that we've read before, we've experienced in our lives. So I guess we're just not as smart. 
Yeah, to do that. Well read. <laughs> More well read than anything uh, else. One of the, uh, another moment that I find incredibly terrifying where she goes, I've proven what you've done. And he was like, unfortunately, that will all blow away. He says it with such confidence. And it's like, yikes, that is, that is like something I feel like internally most people fear is to have everything just to go out from underneath you. And it's like to say that to someone like, oh, unfortunately, it will all blow away. It's like, that's very... No one wants to hear that in their life. I mean, in reality, he's right because, let's be honest, that what, that he gave weapons to like a guerrilla group, Mm -hmm. like a guerrilla warfare group, is a drop in the bucket compared to the fact that he just blew up the freaking committee. I guess he really can't prove that he blew up the Senate building, the Capitol building. She can prove it. Oh, yeah, they do at the end of the movie. But um, the thing is, like, it, that is almost, like, negligible in all of the other things that he's doing. So, like, her proving, like, one tiny little thing is, like... Psh. Yeah, but I I always took that she's... I've proven what you've done was the framing of Superman, which is a big deal. I always... Yeah. I, I thought it was more defensive of Superman. That was... I think that was, like, Lois's whole drive for most of this movie to prove Superman's innocence, so... Do you think... I think it just, to, like, prove that the whole Nairobi incident was fake. Do you think Lex Luthor knows about um, Janet Clyburn? Just as a Star Labs employee? Knowing that information? Because she's the... She's the... She would be the... I feel like he knows everything. She would he be just... brought in to testify because she knows about the metals. She knows about the wheelchair. She knows about... Maybe. The, I don't know. She knows so much information. She would definitely be brought into a hearing or for questioning and stuff like that. And, for, and like, it's surprising, like, if you're going to introduce that character, like, Lex Luthor must have had someone go, like, take care of her. You know what I mean? Like what they did with Kahina? Yeah. Like that had to, that would have to, for his plan to fall through, like she has to be taken out because she has all the valuable evidence now. Well, maybe, but maybe it's just not first. You also (laughs) have to think that his mind is like somewhere bigger now. He can't let that slip out. He's transcended doing all of this other stuff. (laughs) So damn right. He has, (laughs) um, the, the whole, like Unfortunately, that will all blow away. It's almost like a foreshadowing, too, for what's about to happen, right? In tomorrow's minute. What's blown away? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe a certain person. Maybe a human. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, who, uh, you guys want any other thing that, like, really popped out for you guys? Mm, not really. It's just straightforward, like, um. Why are circles the wrong category? Oh, yeah. Why did he say this that? is really weird? Because when you prove uh, Euclidean geometry, you also have to draw circle arcs to prove. So in a roundabout, he could have done either. You're like speaking some alchemy stuff. No, no, no. In Euclidean geometry, if you're proving that theory that he's talking about, what is the what is what are you proving that he set up? The Nairobi incident? No, 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 like actual geometry. Euclidean <laughs> geometry. geometry? It, yeah, you, you proofs. Yeah, okay, like math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like what is what is he actually trying to prove? Just a circle? No, he's he's trying to prove a point of like he's got these two 
like forces moving together, the sh- closest way to get them together is one straight line, which is Lois. But because he wants Superman to go meet Batman, obviously. So the closest way to get his attention is through Lois. Yeah. To get the two points to meet. All right. Math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of who might be the two points in this aspect. I always took it as the shortest point between Superman is Lois. So Lex has Lois now. Yeah. I understand. Lex the, I is understand the circle thing. Superman. But anyways, in order to prove Euclidean geometry of that exact thing that he's talking about, you actually normally draw an arc, a circle to make sure, get whatever. Look it up on YouTube. I think Lex Luthor is, <laughs> is uh, he's, He's describing that he's he's taken almost like a shortcut because like he's, his category circles is round and round to to uh, what does he say to, to get at Superman or round and round and round they go to find Superman and so like I think he's describing him and Lois in like this ongoing cycle of chasing each other's tail almost but then he's like wait a minute wrong category let's do triangles. Two shortest point or the shortest distance between two points, straight line. So instead of going in circles with Lois Lane, you just go back, cut back. into a straight line, straight to her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where he he's intentionally like he's not, he didn't actually like go oh wait wrong category. He's actually like I've learned that I've been going through the wrong category and to not go in circles, let's go in a straight line. So I think that I think he just explained his like change in his plan mm-hmm. again this guy this, you give him a couple minutes and he can alter this two-year plan any way he wants and it'll still work in his favor yeah it's, it's just t- a good chess player it's like you can exactly yeah. he found someone who's starting to creep up on him and he changed gears well enough to take care of it it's incredible yeah i guess it's also like he changed, he had to change gears with the kryptonite being stolen as well. Yeah, like exactly. we were saying, is it part of was it part of his plan that to get Batman to take the kryptonite? I feel like I said it was, but I think it was just like I had the kryptonite. This could happen, so then it, the plan will work this way. But if it doesn't happen, it'll work that way. Mm-hmm. I feel like he has a butterfly effect scenario for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Domino. Yeah, because, you know... Butterfly effect, domino effect, are they the same thing? Butterfly effect is every choice you make opens up another choice possibility tree. Mm-hmm. So domino in his mind, he just right. branches off and goes, there are 56 possible combinations of how this is going to go down. Mm-hmm. If I go this way, this is what I need to do to get to my one point. So he's starting at the same point, ending at the same point, but he's factoring in mentally all of the possibilities that it could go through before he gets it to yeah. his end game. Domino theory is something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if, if he, I, I honestly think he never planned for Batman to take it because if he wanted him to have it, he wouldn't have had that whole doc fight thing. He wouldn't have given, uh, KG beast a javelin missile launcher. <laughs> um, and well, you know, he's a fan for given, theatrics. given time, he would have developed maybe a, a suit or something with the kryptonite. He would have done something with it in his own way to fight Superman. Um, but it was really just breaking the character that he wanted. Um, he's never going to go out and physically fight Superman with a, with a suit of armor or anything because that's not who he is. So, the, you know, what he would have done with it is completely different. If anything, he probably would have kept it on him just to protect himself 
if Superman never came after him. Well, yeah, which is what it normally does. Yeah. So Batman took it, and instead of playing defense with it, Batman's going to fight with offense with Didn't it. He always he gives them to Mercy too, right? Yeah. Uh, For no. his own protection? <laughs> no, because this is this goes to our... Uh, our just always has the ring. Mercy Gray's Metallo thing yeah. theory that never existed. <laughs> Thank you, DC Comics, for never doing that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty much it. But um, yeah, this is this is just good villain masterwork, you know? Like, oh, plan's going awry? Let me fix it real quick and take out what's giving you issues. So Say what you will about Jesse Eisenberg, like, as, as Lex Luthor in this, but this is, like, this is the monologue that I think, like, got him. I think he performs this helicopter pad scene better than he does any other part of the movie everything's on point he's always firing on all levels but like this one for sure in my opinion was like that's the best jesse i've seen Mm -hmm. do this character yeah this is like the the grand villain because we won't see anything grand more grand grandiose in this movie besides this moment this whole week and the start of next week Mm -hmm. this is the most prime Lex Luthor moment. This is it. This is the big juicy like scene of Lex Luthor. Like this yeah. is the big Jesse Eisenberg performance. I think like cuz this this is more of like the intellectual Lex. Later on in the movie we'll get like the anger side of Lex, which is like irrational acting mm-hmm. kind of side which still plays into the character, but this is Jesse's Lex right here. Yeah. Hats off. Absolutely. Like this is I love this whole week that we got going on but but yeah um did you guys have anything else for this one no sir cool all right guys we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard find us on all social media dcu minute and the dc cinematic minute listener society and let us know what you thought about today's minutes and uh tell us what you also thought about lex Luthor being played by jesse eisenberg and we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on dc cinematic minute